During Lent at Kenilworth Union, Katie and Christine and I are preaching a sermon series called God's Odd Benedictions about Jesus' Beatitudes. This is from Matthew chapter 5. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So Jesus launches the most famous sermon in history with eight pithy bullet points, which are so unexpected and paradoxical that it's clear he constructed them to capture his congregation's attention. They are God's odd benedictions. Since Latin became its official language, the Christian church has called these eight bullet points the Beatitudes because each one of them begins with the Latin word beati, which means blessed or happy. Since the fourth century, the church has taken this location to be the place where Jesus delivered the Sermon on the Mount. And the church behind that beautiful woman is the Church of the Beatitudes. It is octagonal in shape to represent the eight Beatitudes. Now it's true our third graders count nine of them. They're not wrong. It all depends on how you mash up a couple of them. Happy are the sad, says Jesus. Now why would he put it that way? It is literally an oxymoron, a contradiction. Happy are the sad. At first, it appears to be one of God's classically odd benedictions. Barbara Brown Taylor says that Jesus frequently seems to be looking at the world while standing on his head. Everything is upside down. But you don't have to think about it for too long to find out why Jesus puts it this way. You have to be hurt before you're healed. You have to be broken before you're fixed. You have to have suffered your own harrowing loss in order to be of any use to the widow who's just lost her husband of 20 years. You have to fail in order to learn how to succeed. How would you like to go to a dentist who has never known pain? How would you like to go to a doctor who has never had COVID? How would you like to bring your car to an auto mechanic whose own car has never broken down? How would you like to visit a marriage therapist who has never fought bitterly with her own husband? How would you like to bring your money to a financial advisor whose own stocks and bonds have never gone down? They call that guy Bernie Madoff. Said one Jewish scholar, sorrow and frustration are our passports to sympathy and fellowship. Yes? He says, life teaches at every turn, life teaches at every turn how insufferable are the unsuffering. Yes? Have you ever experienced the insufferability of the unsuffering? The frozen face, the blank affect, the narcotic numbness of the unsuffering. When Katie Lancaster and Melanie Flynn train potential Stephen ministers, they know that one of the greatest obstacles they have to overcome is a kind of stubborn lack of self-confidence among those potential Stephen ministers. I can't do this, they say. I don't have the skills. I've never been to seminary. And so I told the Stephen ministers once, you have ever raised a child if you have ever had your heart broken by another or by life or by God, 
If you have ever suffered a painful loss in your own life, if you have ever struggled with and defeated addiction, if you have ever wrestled with depression, if you have ever been hospitalized, you already have most of what you need to be helpful to another troubled parishioner. You have as much of what you need as a professional therapist or an ordained pastor. Do you read the Modern Love column in the New York Times? In 2017, the Modern Love column wanted to celebrate its 13th anniversary and asked its readers to submit 13-word love stories. Isn't that wonderful? You know, if you read the Modern Love column or listen to the podcast, you know that a typical Modern Love column is 1,500 words. But in 2017, to celebrate their 13th anniversary, Modern Love asked for 13-word love stories, including this one. I'm broken, she said. That's how they make stained glass, he said. Isn't that beautiful? I'm broken, she said. That's how they make stained glass, he said. Shades of Leonard Cohen. There is a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Some of us never use our brokenness to be helpful to another. You know, the Jews are among the most excluded and oppressed and beleaguered ethnicity, ethnicities in the history of the West. It's been going on for centuries. It's ancient, including and especially the Nazis' towering malice. And I am just heartbroken that despite all of these experiences, the Jews are turning their wreckful rage on another scorned minority. They're not using their brokenness to be helpful. 28,000 Palestinians are dead. 40% of them are children. Think about that for a minute. 40% are children. That's 11,000 dead babies. 17,000 children in Gaza are orphaned or separated from their parents, which has led to an appalling new acronym in Gaza, WCNSF, WCNSF, Wounded Child, No Surviving Family. Some families in Gaza are sending their children away in opposite directions so that if a bomb drops on them, all of them won't be dead. I am surprised that the Jews have not used their ancient sad lament to learn a longer memory and a larger mercy. Well, that was sad. Let me end with a happier tune. Do you know who John T. Chambers is? John T. Chambers was the chairman of Cisco Systems from 1995 to 2015. Cisco Systems is an information technology company in San Jose, California with 85,000 employees. Last year, Forbes magazine called Cisco Systems the greatest place to work in all of America. When John T. Chambers became CEO in 1995, revenue at Cisco was $1.9 billion when he retired in 2015, revenue was 
billion. Nobody ever expected anything like that from this man. When he was a child, his teachers told him, you better learn a trade because you're never getting into college. He says, I never talked about my dyslexia when I was a child. We didn't know anything about learning disabilities back then. I was embarrassed. But he figured it out. He earned a JD from West Virginia University and an MBA from Indiana. And he says, long time ago, we had a bring your child to work day at Cisco. And the kids came to the office and they had all kinds of questions from how much money do you have to are you doing a good job uh, running this company? And he says, then a little girl raised her hand. She wanted to ask a question, but she couldn't get it out. She stumbled and she stammered and then she finally started to cry. And she said, I have a learning disability. And Mr. Chambers says, so do I. Take your time. I'm broken, she said. That's how they make stained glass, he said. That's how the light gets in. Life can be difficult. Bad things happen to us. You break your arm, the biopsy comes back positive. Somebody you thought you'd spend the rest of your life with tells you he's no longer in love with you. You lose a job or a long love. But all this sadness is what makes us who we are and turns us into splendid instruments in the hands of our merciful God and makes us precious to each other. Sorrow and frustration are our passports to sympathy and fellowship.